Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Grand Terra's Energy Conference Call for fourth quarter and year-end 2020 results. My name is Mary, and I will be your coordinator for today. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the initial remarks, we will conduct a question-and-answer session for securities analysts and institutions. Instructions will be provided at the time for you to queue up for questions. If at any time during the call you require audio assistance, please press star zero and a coordinator will be happy to assist you. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being webcast and recorded today, Thursday, February 25, 2021 at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today's discussion may include certain forward-looking information, oil and gas information, and non-GAAP financial measures. Please, please refer to the earnings and operational update press release we issued yesterday for, inform, for important advisories and disclaimers with regard to this information and for reconciliations of any non-GAAP measures discussed on today's call. Finally, this earnings call is the property of Grand Kiera Energy Incorporated. Any copying or rebroadcasting of this call is expressly forbidden without the written consent of Grantier's energy. I will now turn the conference call over to Gary Guitry, President and Chief Executive Officer of Grantier. Mr. Guidry, please go ahead. Thank you, Mary. Good morning and welcome to Grantier's fourth quarter year-end 2020 results and conference call. My name is Gary Guidry, Grantier's President and Chief Executive Officer and with me today are Ryan Nelson, our Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, and Rob Will, our Vice President of Asset Management. We issued a press release yesterday that included detailed information on our fourth quarter and year-end 2020 results. In addition, Grantier's 2020 Annual Report on Form 10-K has been filed on EDGAR and is available on our website. Ryan and Rob will make some brief comments and then we will open the line for questions. I'll now turn the call over to Ryan for discussion of our financial results. Thank you, Gary. Good morning, everyone. With the unprecedented impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the crash in world oil prices, Grand Tierra took decisive actions during the first half of 2020 to shut in minor fields, curtail drilling activity, and defer work workovers in order to protect the company's balance sheet and liquidity while still achieving a 2020 average production of approximately 23,000 barrels a day. In the low price environment, we made the prudent decision not to maximize production, but to defer production until oil prices began rebounding in the second half of 2020 and now into 2021. We did this while maintaining proper reservoir management and protecting the long-term value of our, of our, our assets as evidenced by our strong reserve replacement in 2020. 
Grandpierre's Q4 capital spend totaled $40 million, which was significantly up from $7 million in Q3, which re reflected the restart of activities primarily in the Cordonero field. We also accelerated certain budget first half 2021 capital expenditures into the fourth quarter to maximize operational efficiencies. At the end of the year, $190 million was drawn on our credit facility compared to a balance on the credit facility of $200 million at the end of Q3. Our next RBL redetermination will be in May and prices have significantly increased since our last redetermination. During 2020, both through both direct tax refunds and value-added tax on oil sales, we collected total VAT and income tax receivable of approximately $114 million which was an important source of liquidity during last year, which allowed us to strengthen our balance sheet. We were also able to achieve significant reductions in operating and G&A costs. We reduced Grantier's gross cash G&A costs 32% in 2020 to 23 million, down from 33 million in 2019. On an aggregate basis, total operating and G&A costs decreased $92 million from 237 million in 2019 to 145 million in 2020, a 39% reduction. The majority of these cost reductions represent structural improvement in operations, which we expect to maintain as oil prices continue to recover. Furthermore, in Q4, as a result of ongoing cost-saving initiatives, GT was success has successfully reduced per well drilling capital costs and completion costs at Accordinero by approximately 18% and 52% respectively compared to 2019. The company also expects future per well drilling and completion costs to be reduced by approximately 20% at Kostiako compared to 2019. We were also very pleased that the company achieved material proved developed producing or PDP reserve additions in 2020, in particular in the company's core assets as a result of continued positive reservoir responses from water flooding. Our excellent PDP reserves replacement ratio was 133% with PDP reserve additions of 11 million barrels. Our total approved or 1P additions of 8.3 million barrels gave us a strong 1P reserve replacement ratio of 100%, resulting in 79 million barrels of 1P reserves at year-end 2020. At December 31st, 2020, our 1P net present value discount at 10% was 1.2 billion before tax, and our 1P before tax net asset value of NAV, NAV per share was $1.15 per share. Well, our total proof plus probable or 2P before tax NAV was $3.25 per share, all of that in US dollars. Looking to 2021, our capital budget is a balanced, returns-focused program which prioritizes free cash flow generation and debt reduction. We have allocated a modest amount of advance to advance exploration-related activities for our high-impact exploration portfolio, which we hope to accelerate in 2022. Our 2021 program will continue to focus on optimizing our four core assets underwater flood while maximizing the long-term value of all of our assets. We see a clear path to lowering our net debt to EBITDA to under two, given our annualized Q4 EBITDA of over $300 million, our free cash flow, VAT, and tax refunds. We also reiterate our 2021 guidance. Even if Brent stays at $60 to $65 or goes higher, well above our 2021 budget of $49 per barrel, 
We plan on remaining disciplined and applying extra free cash flow to debt reduction instead of ramping up our capital program. We entered into Brent oil hedges on 15,000 barrels per day during the first half of 2021 with a weighted average floor of $45 and a ceiling of $51.38 to provide downside production since 70 to 80% of the company's 2021 capital investment is projected to occur during the first half of 2021. Grand Tierra has 7,000 barrels a day hedged for the second half of 2021 with a weighted average floor of $55.75 per barrel and a ceiling of $63.18. With increasing production and a lower percentage hedge in the second half of 2021 allows us to continue to lock in higher prices at levels we did not anticipate even a few months ago and participate in potentially much higher commodity prices. Subsequent to Q4, on January 21st, we announced the sale of 109 million shares in Petrotel for proceeds of approximately $15 million. Proceeds were applied to general working capital. Grantier still owns 137 million shares, which are worth approximately $37 million U.S. 2020 was certainly a challenging year for Grantier and the industry, but at Grantier we took decisive actions and are a stronger and leaner company going forward. The impressive reserve replacement ratio and the 2P net present value of reserves discounted 10% of approximately $2 billion, despite a significant decrease in the price forecast used by the reserve evaluator, is a testament to the quality of the assets and the excellent reservoir management and cost optimizations by the team. I'll now turn the call over to Rob Will to discuss some of the highlights of our current operations. Thanks, Ryan. Good morning, everyone. I'll briefly cover a few operational highlights from yesterday's press release and provide some updates on current activity. We are very proud to announce that the company achieved its, its first year with a lost time incident, or LTI frequency of zero, during which the company logged 15 million LTI free person hours. A perfect LTI rating of zero is a remarkable achievement in any year, and particularly in 2020, while activity levels included field suspensions in the first half of 2020, followed by the restarts of these fields during the second half of 2020, all while abiding by our strict world-class COVID-19 safety protocols. GT's LTI rating zero was well below both industry averages of 0.42 for Latin America and 0.3 for North American exploration production companies in 2019, as reported by the International Association of Oil and Gas Producers, and was in the top percentile in any region globally. Early in 2020, we implemented enhanced COVID-19 preventive measures with a focus on reducing the spread of COVID-19 to protect our employees, contractors, and communities living near our operations. I'd also like to touch on our partnership with the international non-governmental organization, Conservation International. We have committed to reforesting 1,000 hectares of land and securing and maintaining 18,000 hectares of forest through the nature Amazonas project in the Putumayo Basin. Grand Terra's total natural Amazonas investment in the Andes Amazon Rainforest Corridor through this project is forecasted to be 13 million over eight years. Grand Terra has planted 830,000 trees and has conserved, preserved, or reforested 1,624 hectares of land through all of its environmental efforts. The Natural Amazonas project alone is expected to sequester approximately 8.7 million tons of CO2 over its lifetime, which is equivalent to 215 billion passenger miles driven, or the energy use of 10 million typical homes 
during one year. Moving on to operations, we are reiterating our 2021 guidance of 28,000 to 30,000 barrels of oil per day, which delivers annual growth of 24 to 33%. At Cordonero, Grand Terre is utilizing two workover rigs and continues to work over oil wells that went offline during the decline in oil prices during 2020 in order to restore them to production in connection with the improving oil price environment. I'd also like to highlight that year-to-date, ESP failures at Accordinero are down 50% versus last year's failure count. We restarted development drilling at Accordinero on November 30, 2020, and have since drilled eight wells, comprised of six producers and two injectors, out of the 10-well program at the new Southwest pad. All six producers are currently on production, and all 10 Southwest pad wells are scheduled to be drilled by the end of February. I'd like to highlight that the Accordinero 69 well achieved a record cycle time from spud to on production of 11.5 days at a total drill and complete cost of only $1.9 million. A combination of the workover and drilling programs has resulted in the Accordinero's total working dress production averaging approximately 13,000 barrels of oil per day during February 2021, month to date. I also want to mention that Accordinero's working dress production dipped below 10,000 barrels of oil per day in the early part of the second half of 2020 due to last year's temporary suspension of workover and development drilling activities. Accordinero's production has now returned to the production levels realized in February 2020 with minimal capital spend. At Castiaco, efforts are underway to restart development drilling during early second quarter 2021 with a three-well program. The rig is currently stacked on location over the planned Kasiako 42 infill oil well location. I'll now turn it back to the operator, and Gary, Ryan, and I will be happy to take questions. Operator, please go ahead. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now conduct a question and answer session for securities analysts. If you have a question, please press the star key followed by the one on your touchstone phone. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. Your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Please ensure you lift the handset if you are using a speakerphone before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Your first question comes from the line of Gavin Wiley from Scotiabank. 
Your line is now open. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, guys. Just I had a couple of questions. Um, just looking at capital spending profile through the year, I wanted to know if how that looks. I mean, is it is it weighted to either the first half of the year or, or perhaps by quarter? Um, just you know, kind of how the breakdown looks. And I guess in connection with that, is how do you see production evolving through 2021 to meet your guidance that you've put out here at the, the 28 to 30,000 BOE a day? Is there is it a pretty balanced growth, you know, sort of profile, steady state? Or is there actually a step change that you're expecting at some point um, that we can be looking for? And then just the last question is, as we look into Q1 and Q2, do you have a rough sense of how many workovers you're looking to perform um, on, on those individual quarters? That's it. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, with respect to capital expenditures, yeah, we expect about 70 to 80% of our capital expenditures to occur in the first half of the year. And about... 50% of that to be in Q1. Q1 is the, the heavy capital program, uh, just with the expenditures in Cordonero as we do the drilling program. The, the team, as Rob mentioned, has done a great job of accelerating the, uh, the speed that we're, we're drilling the wells, but that really accelerates the capital spend, as you know, in the Q1 as well. So, so Q1 will be the, the most heavy program. With respect to production, it really will be a, a step change in the second half of Q2, just as we bring the additional Cordonero wells on, as well as start to bring on both the, the, the new drills as well as the, the workovers, uh, but also the Costiaco wells as well. And then just, just on the workover front? Oh, and workovers, yeah, our target for workovers is, is zero. You know, we're, we're, not, we're hoping for no, we don't have any well failures. And, but mo most of the workovers are going to happen. Uh, the one, you know, we have, as Rob mentioned, some wells down in a Cordonero. Um, and those will all be on by the end of this quarter um, or first part of next quarter. So uh, we, then the next, we're expecting just to be normal course after that. And if I can ask a follow-up on the on the accordion narrow side, I think you mentioned something that's quite impressive is the drilling time that you guys have been able to reduce to and, and bring those costs down. Is that going to allow you to potentially keep the same budget level but actually end up drilling a couple more wells this year? I mean, is it too early to make that call, or, or are you starting to build confidence around potentially adding more drilling at the same cost? Yeah, hi, Gavin. It's, uh, it's Rob. Yeah, def definitely. Uh, you, know, you know, we did, obviously, uh, we did forecast into our – 2021 budget, uh, you know, cost savings in drill and completion of our wells this year, but we're uh, we're definitely uh, doing better than we had budgeted. So, uh, you know, as the guy that uh, heads up the team that's uh, responsible for developing these pools, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see uh, some uh, additional wells drilled. But as but as uh, but as Ryan mentioned, you know, the focus this year will be on uh, using excess cash flow towards uh, strengthening our balance sheet uh, debt reduction and that. But um, if, uh, yeah, if Ryan and Gary uh, allowed us to drill a few additional wells there with the additional with the money we're saving, that that would be that would be uh, great as well. So. I think what you saw, Gavin, in our in our reserves release last month, very strong reserves uh, additions in terms of moving into proven uh, and a, and held the line on on probable. A lot of that is the Cordonero field, the water flood performance. We have quite a bit of emphasis on that, and and. Uh, I think Rob and the team have done a, a great job of optimizing that water flood, even during 2020, uh, in terms of conformance of where we're injecting water, 
And what we're wor working on now is better performance on our pumps. You'll see in our press release, uh, we're, we're, we're trying some different pumps to try to get longer run lives. So uh, Ryan is exactly correct. Our target is zero on, on workovers, and, and we're, we're getting very comfortable that we're getting the right equipment in place, we're getting water in the right places, and I, I believe you would have seen that that's reflected in our reserves last month. Appreciate the additional details. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Joseph Jackter from Sachter Research. Your line is now open. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Gary. Good morning, uh, guys. Um, a few areas for me. Uh, just wanted to go a little more on the production side. You did 19.511 in Q4. Uh, you show in the write-up average production for January 1 to 25 of 23.428, and then there was a couple wells still to come on from the 10-well southwest pad, and then potentially another five producers from pad six. Uh, can you go into a little more uh, detail of when you expect those to be on? Rob, you want to? Yeah, as far as our drilling uh, program. So, yeah, so the southwest uh, pad drilling, uh, the, the 10 wells that we drilled, two in uh, late 2020 and the eight uh, this year, all those wells will be on production by, you know, you know say, uh, middle of March. Uh, and then our pad six, five well drill program at pad six, which is uh, forecast to be complete by the end of April. You can expect that all those wells will be on production by mid-May. Uh, you know, as, as we said, our, our cycle times are really getting uh, tight now, like uh, you know, 11.5 days from spot on production. So there, there's not a big lag between uh, you know finishing drilling a well and getting on production. So yeah, so all the Southwest pad wells on production by uh, mid-March. All the pad six, the five well program there, all those wells on production by by mid-May. And then, of course, uh, as Ryan mentioned before, we do we do we still have uh, a work, two workover rigs uh, operating at a coronary. Obviously, one primarily focused on the new drills, but one's focusing on bringing wells uh, back up. And uh, so we still have uh, uh, we still have about 2,500 barrels per day of oil production uh, behind pipe at a coronary, just waiting on a workover rig to get to them. Uh, and we expect all that to be up and back on production. Uh, you know, as Ryan mentioned. Uh, by about uh, you know in early April. And Joseph, as you can imagine, as you know, it's never a straight line. I think if you look at our production alone in February, it's gone anywhere from 23.5 to as high as 25.5, depending on the day. And so we are comfortable in our annual guidance, um, but when we look at individual months and certain time periods, it looks more choppy. Okay. Second question for me, uh, um, the debt repayment, with the commodity prices where they are, you're probably generating an extra 20, 30 million uh, U.S. of uh, cash flow above your budget, um, and you're looking at debt repayment. Um, is the choice to go and pay down the, um, the, um, the committed credit facility, or are there of the bonds of the 2025-2027 bonds? Are they trading at such a discount that you'd end up doing better buying bonds in the open market? How do you approach that? What's your thinking there? Yeah, it's a good question, and something obviously that we always have to weigh is as far as you know, as as you know, 
the credit facility and really the RBO market has been changing a lot. And so it is complex having, as industry as the industry has seen, more challenging having an RBL that gets redetermined every six months as opposed to longer-term source of capital. Um, so it is something that you know when we do look at reducing debt, as I had mentioned before, Q1 is the most capital-intensive program, just with the the drilling program. Um, but when we do look at um, um, repaying debt, you're spot on that there's a number of variables that we need to consider. Okay. And the RBL is good at the next time of uh, renegotiation is? Uh, Redetermined by the end of May. At the end of, of May. This year. So May of this yeah. year. So Correct. Q2, excess Q2 cash flow is, is going to probably be used to pay that down to hopefully get the debtor to play along again. Uh, my last question is, uh, do you have um, you haven't talked much about exploration in a while. Again, it's not that time, uh, given the uh, financial, uh, the price of oil and, and where the balance sheet uh, debt to cash flow is. Uh, but do you have any obligations that uh, are uh, within 2021, 2022? And have you had success negotiating with the government to get those extensions so that you don't lose uh, those opportunities? Yeah, I, I, the, the short answer to that is we are still moving all of our projects forward in terms of regulatory, uh, in terms of regulatory approvals to uh, drill the top part of our portfolio. And it's a very exciting portfolio, uh, both in uh, the, the middle mag and the Putumayo and the extension into Ecuador. And as you might imagine, the regulatory process has slowed down in both Colombia and Ecuador over the last year. But we, we are not facing any imminent uh, deadlines on, on our exploration. Our plans are to resume drilling, to finish all of the, the regulatory approvals and access uh, and, and resume drilling in early 2022. And so the, the short answer, uh, Joseph, is, is we aren't, are not facing any, any deadlines and we are still moving everything forward. Okay, super. Thanks very much for that clarity, and uh, much appreciated, and I uh, appreciate you taking my, my questions. Have a good day, guys. Anytime. Thanks. Gentlemen, there are no further questions at this time. Gary Guidry, do you have any closing remarks? Yes. Thank you, thank you Operator. Um, I just want to thank everyone. It's been a, uh, a difficult year, I, I think, as both Rob and, and Ryan summarized. It, the, the team did a great job of, of managing through that. We we put on hedges at the end of end of the um, fourth quarter of last year and resumed our field uh, production. And uh, we're we're quite excited about what 2021 is bringing. Uh, so I thank you for your patience and and your support. And we will keep you posted as the quarter quarter advances. So thank you for your time. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you all for your participation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.